the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Thank you for joining us as we get underway at eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Wednesday, the second morning of the month of October in the year of our Lord, 2019. Two great guests going to be coming up on the program this morning. My friend Michael Johns, one of the National Tea Party founders, co-founders and organizers, will be joining us at 9.35 with the latest analysis of the coup d'etat that is being uh, staged right now in an attempt to remove President Donald Trump from power illegally uh, by the American Demon Rats. So uh, Michael Johns will give the uh, latest analysis of that, particularly of the new news that Secretary of State Mike Pompeo was in on the call that the president had with the president of Ukraine. Some are suggesting that this is is clear evidence that the entire Trump administration is corrupt if the Secretary of State is also allowing this shakedown of Ukraine uh, to take place, this mob-style shakedown to take place. Of course, we know the truth. We know the fact that Mr. Pompeo was in on the call and was completely fine with everything actually is evidence that there was nothing done that was wrong. These types of calls happen all the time, as Mike Pompeo has said, and has said this morning, even, uh, at a press conference. He is in Italy right now and speaking with his counterpart with the Italian government, and uh, uh, he is answering those questions uh, uh, literally, not to this moment, but earlier this morning. We're going to talk about that with Michael Johns and more. Also, coming up at the 10 o'clock uh, hour, at the top of the 10 o'clock hour, Steve Loomis, former president of the Cleveland Police Patrol Association, uh, is going to be joining us to talk about a couple of stories that are simply unbelievable. Yeah, I mean that literally. I could not pick my jaw up off the ground as I was reading these stories yesterday, and I wanted to uh, get Steve uh, to jump in on that with us. Uh, one of them is from Virginia. A police officer has been suspended after 
stopping a vehicle legally that happened to have been driven by an illegal immigrant, which the officer did not know, but when the illegal uh, immigrant was unable to produce a valid driver's license and the officer called in his name to look and see if there were any warrants, there was a warrant. The warrant was for not appearing at a deportation hearing. In other words, he was an illegal alien skirting the law. So he called ICE, and ICE came and picked him up. No problem. No fuss. No muss. That is exactly how it's supposed to work, except for the fact that it's a sanctuary city and a sanctuary county, and Fairfax County Police Chief Edwin Rossler said, this officer will be punished for his lapse in judgment and actually enforcing the law. And that punishment is a suspension. We're going to talk to Steve Loomis about that. The second huge story is in New York. And and this is one, honestly, again, jaw on ground. And I'll let Steve talk more about it. The New York Times ran an op-ed headlined, The Police Can't Solve the Problem. They are the problem. And it led to, well, let's just say a lot of uh, criticism. And uh, I'll let you judge how much of it is warranted. I will just simply offer my opinion and say every bit of it and then some. This is simply outrageous. Outrageous. The op-ed from the New York Times concludes, I'm just going to give you a little teaser here, concludes with the following. Systems of oppression like slavery, Jim Crow, and mass incarceration must be... Mass incarceration, by the way, now is the same thing as slavery and Jim Crow. Locking people up for breaking American laws is now the same thing as slavery and Jim Crow, according to the New York Times. Must be reduced and abolished, not reimagined. Police officers who primarily put people in cages are the enforcers of mass incarceration. We must reckon with the reality that the police are part of the problem and stop investing money, power, and legitimacy in them. Period. End quote. That ran in the New York Times, and that is a bridge too far. The outrage is growing, and it is still not going to be big enough. Former police officer Brandon Tatum uh, responded to that yesterday uh, on Fox and Friends, and I'll share that with you, and we'll talk about it with Steve Loomis, former president of the Cleveland Police Patrolmen's Association. Policing in America is not getting any easier. We thought it might, right? When Barack Obama, who essentially started the war on police with his Police acted stupidly when they responded to a break-in call at Professor Gates' home in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and his, if I had a son, he would look just like Trayvon, and his sending a contingent of administration officials to the funeral for Michael Brown, the innocent, hands up, don't shoot Ferguson uh, uh, teenager, uh, and on and on down the line. Barack Obama's war on cops, we thought, was the reason. uh, Well, not. We didn't think. We knew it was the reason. But we thought that perhaps when he was gone, that that thinking would be gone. But sadly, it is now embedded in our culture. Cops are the enemy. Police must be stopped. Police should not be allowed to do their jobs. And uh, uh, police officers are just like slave catchers. In other words, the New York Times took the Colin Kaepernick route uh, in this uh, op-ed. So policing in America, we thought, would get better under Donald Trump because Donald Trump supports cops. But unfortunately, it hasn't. And it's not Trump's fault. Like I said, it is too deeply embedded and woven into our culture now. Cops are the enemy. 
And that's why more and more people are refusing to obey lawful orders. And that's why more and more police officers are getting shot and killed. And that's why more and more crime is, is being committed. Cops are afraid to engage because they don't want to end up being suspended, fired, or even worse, killed. So we'll talk about that with Loomis coming up. But let's get right to the top story, which of course remains impeachment. There is a fantastic supercut that I want to play for you now. Supercut is just a great big mashup of left-wing media cries for impeachment that began all the way back in, uh, well, essentially January of 2017 when President Trump took office. But moreover, uh, and, 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 and more accurately, rather, it started prior to the president's election. I've been talking about this all the time. You've heard me refer to the struck text messages, right? August 16, 2016, two months before the, or actually three months before the election, Peter Strzok, the corrupt FBI agent, sending a text message to his paramour, FBI attorney Lisa Page, August 16, 2016, about an insurance policy, just in case Trump got elected. Quote, I want to believe the path you threw out for consideration in Andy's office. Andy is Andrew McCabe, which means that McCabe, the deputy FBI director, was in on this. And that means that his boss, the director, James Comey, was in on this. And then the only question is, is are they taking marching orders directly from Barack Obama himself? And I believe that answer is yes. But the text reads, I want to believe the path that you threw out for consideration in Andy's office, that there's no way he gets elected. But I'm afraid we can't take that risk. It's like an insurance policy in the unlikely event that you die before you're 40. He testified, did Peter Strzok under oath, that the text was an emotional reaction to a Trump outrage. Um, But the same day, in a separate exchange, Page tweeted or texted back, Trump is not ever going to become president, right? Right? Strzok said, no, no, he won't. We'll stop it. Let me say that again. No, no, he won't. We'll stop it. They have been planning this coup by way of impeachment or whatever else that they could come up with. They had been planning this coup quite literally since before the election. These messages were exchanged in August of 2016. The election was in November of 2016. And they are talking about taking out an insurance policy to stop him from taking office or at least from serving. And then later when Page said, he's not going to win, is he? No, no, we'll stop it. This is the FBI. This is the Federal Bureau of Investigation. This is an intelligence agency. The FBI was saying, we will stop him. Fast forward, here we are in October of 2019. And what are we seeing take place? We're seeing the manifestation of that promise. We will impeach him. Now you might say, no, 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 that's not true. The Democrats are saying, we're only responding to new information. Information that we gathered from a July phone call just a couple of months ago in which he tried to shake down the Ukrainian president. This is just us responding to where the news is taking us, where the evidence is taking us. Really? 
Well, when you consider that it was pre-election, that I just gave you the Strzok information, I wanted to refresh your memory on that, and it was just after the inauguration that they started publicly saying impeach. There was no call to the Ukraine then. There was no call. There was no shakedown. There was no allegation of corrupt uh, influence in trying to find dirt on opponents in exchange for uh, federal aid, et cetera, et cetera, then. But I want you to listen to this. It's two minutes long, and it's Democrats starting right after the inauguration January of 2017. They have been screaming for impeachment. That lets you know that this, hey, we're only responding to the Ukraine phone call, is a lot of hooey. December 2017, or 2016. If he's not a legitimately elected president in your mind, there are tools that Congress has. February 2017. I don't see how that wouldn't be an impeachable offense. March 2017. That tweet fits the Republican definition of an impeachable offense. April 2017. I will fight. Every day until he is impeached. May 2017. Grounds for impeachment. June 2017. It's an impeachable offense. July 2017. Grounds impeachable offense. August 2017. Impeachment, the appropriate remedy. September 2017. Something through the Congress like impeachment. October 2017. All that may be impeachable. November 2017. That's an impeachable offense. December 2017. Is that an impeachable offense? January 2018. Is that an impeachable offense to you? All right, I'll stop it there because I think you get the idea. Literally, every day, every week, every month since his inauguration, and as I proved to you with the struck text messages, pre-election, they have been saying, we will impeach him, we will remove him, we will impeach him, we will remove him. Every step of the way, no president in the history of history has ever or could ever face this kind of of impossible obstruction, this impossible harassment. They have been trying to impeach him long before. We said this before. They wake up every day looking for a reason to impeach. We have found him guilty in our hearts and minds and did so before he was even elected. Now we just have to go find the crime for which we, to which we can apply that guilt. We are convicting him, and now we need to go find the crime that we just convicted him of. Oh, and here it is. The latest example, uh, 2017, or excuse me, July of, of 2019, he made a phone call to Ukraine. Impeach! And they want you to believe this is new. They want you to believe this is just following the evidence. This is just the latest attempt at the coup d'etat. It has been going on literally since before he won. And it will continue as long as he holds the title President of the United States. You want to react? Do it. 216 The Bob France Authority. Right back after this. WHKRadio.com is where to find the Bob France Authority podcast. Tools at BibleStudyTools.com. Tweens have mastered the art of tuning out. Jen, there's a spider in the car. We're turning your room into a home gym. See? Nothing. But some messages need to get through. Like making sure they're buckled up the whole ride, every time. Do whatever it takes to make your child listen. Jen, I friended your boyfriend. Wait, what? Buckle up, sweetie. Never give up until they buckle up. 
Learn more at safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. All right, 926, not about France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Don't forget, we've got a couple of great guests. Michael Johns, National Tea Party co-founder, is going to be joining us in about 10 minutes. P- uh, Steve Loomis will be joining us at the top of se- uh, the second hour at about 1010 to talk about a couple of matters. By the way, speaking of um, police matters and investigations, this is a little bit off the topic because we're just talking about um, impeachment and the left's hypocrisy and their attempted coup d'etat, and we'll pick that conversation up again um, it will be at 9.35, as, as mentioned. But I want to play this for you just for a second. If you did not know this, um, there was another hate crime that was committed, um, very, very similar to the Jussie Smollett hate crime. And by that, of course, I mean it was a hoax hate crime. It did not exist. Uh, a sixth-grade girl in Washington, D.C., in the Washington, D.C. area, um, a black girl, her name is Amari Allen, she's 12 years old, accused three white classmates earlier in the month of September of pinning her down and cutting off her dreadlocks during a hate-inspired attack at Emanuel Christian School, a private school in Springfield, Virginia, just outside D.C. She told NBC Washington in an emotional interview that, quote, they said my hair was nappy and I was ugly, so they cut her hair. All right? The media, as soon as they heard this, I mean sprinted to their microphones and their cameras to again decry hate crime culture in Trump's America. Disturbing story tonight involving a school outside Washington, D.C. Police in Northern Virginia are investigating after a 12-year-old African-American girl said three white classmates pinned her down and cut her dreadlocks. A black sixth grader says that she was pinned down by white classmates who mocked her and cut her hair. A 12-year-old Virginia girl says she is traumatized. She was pinned down by white classmates who cut her hair. Her white classmates pinned her down and cut her dreadlocks. Her classmates called her hair ugly and nappy as they pinned her down and cut several of her dreadlocks. Today, the girl and her family told us about what they're calling a racist attack. Hey, the girl says she's been bullied by the same boys before. And it's very disturbing about these boys because it's heartbreaking and traumatizing yep. for that little girl. The wife of the vice president, Mike Pence, she teaches there. Karen Pence teaches art part-time at Emanuel. Second lady Karen Pence teaches art part-time there. Incidents like this, they're not isolated. They're happening way too often. Uh, and you know what's really sad is that she didn't tell her family for a couple of days. She didn't. She didn't. They just noticed that her hair was shorter, yeah. and they asked her about it, and she broke down. Because it was she too was, upsetting. It was to too tell. upsetting, yeah. Oh, I yeah. totally understand that. The school told CNN those involved in the incident will be out of school while... Police continued their investigation. They could not report on this fast enough. They could not report on this often enough. And because journalism in America is dead in the age of Donald Trump as president, they didn't bother to try to verify or vet any of the information. They just ran with the, this is happening far too often, racist hate crimes happening in the age of of Trump. They even tried to drag the vice president's wife, Karen Pence, into this because she teaches at that school. Clearly, that's why these white racist kids, because Karen Pence is there, would feel comfortable enough to hold down a young black girl and cut her dreadlocks. Fast forward. 
Amari Allen has admitted she made the entire thing up. The school said Allen admitted to fabricating the attack two days ago. According to the Washington Post, citing a statement from her family, quote, we can now confirm that the student who accused three of her classmates of assault have acknowledged the allegations were false. We're grateful to the Fairfax County Police Department for their diligent work to investigate these allegations. Stephen Denise, the principal at Emanuel, said in a note to parents, while we are relieved to hear the truth and bring the events of the past few weeks to a close, we also feel tremendous pain for the victims and the hurt on both sides of this conflict. We recognize that we now enter what will be a long season of healing. Holy goodness! This isn't closed until there is massive punishment from both the school and the legal system against this girl and her family for perpetrating this hoax, occupying valuable police resources and time. And what about the the accused? Well, there has to be a long season of healing on both sides. No, on one side, because there was only one side here was victimized. The three kids who are accused of a racist hate crime. But because we find out it's a hoax, everybody, hoax, everybody is supposed to just, oh, so okay, well, it's a hoax. We all go out, go on about our merry way. No punishment for the actual liar and no recourse for the victims. I hope there are lawsuits upon lawsuits against that family, and I hope there is some sort of recourse for the uh, boys who have been accused because it's the only way we're going to stop this continuing rising problem. You heard one of those breathless MSNBC newscasters saying this is happening far too often. She's right. Not hate crimes. Hoax hate crimes are happening far too often. Michael Johns joins me after the news. Doggone appropriate song, I think, to uh, bounce back here on 1420 The Answer. 937 as we continue. Thanks for joining us. I feel like we are slipping into the twilight zone. We really are. The coup d'etat against the President of the United States has never been more obvious. It has never been more serious. And the idea that there are more Americans starting to back at least an impeachment inquiry is Twilight Zone-like. It is just chaos. It, it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. But this is the problem when you are facing not only a dirty, reckless, evil party like the Demon Rats, but their water carriers, their, the uh, mainstream media, which continues to... Uh, to um, report all of their accusations against President Donald Trump as if they were factual. In the same way that they reported the accusations that these uh, three white boys cut the dreadlocks off of a little black girl in Virginia. They report everything is factual without bothering to investigate any longer because journalism is dead. Joining, Joining us now to analyze that and more is our friend Michael Johns. Michael Johns is the uh, co-founder of the National Tea Party Movement way back in 2010. And he is also uh, a former speechwriter for George H.W. Bush in the White House and a heritage, heritage policy analyst. Good to have you back on the program, Mr. Johns. How are you, sir? 
Good, Bob. Good to be with you. All right, you uh, you tweeted yesterday, I think it was yesterday, uh, about the president's job approval numbers. And I want to talk about this. I want to kind of juxtapose these. Uh, you tweeted, what the mainstream media won't be telling you tonight. This is actually from Monday, not yesterday, beg pardon. At Real jo- Donald Trump's job approval numbers have never been higher. This is what the impeachment inquiry is all about. Democrats are increasingly aware they cannot win at the ballot box. But our democracy will not be stolen. That's your statement. Uh, my statement is you're right, except they're going to try. Um, how do we juxtapose those job approval numbers with the poll numbers that show more Americans than two weeks ago do want an impeachment inquiry at least to take place, Michael? Well, I think those facts are extremely relevant because this process ultimately is not one about any high crime or misdemeanor. It's one about the president's political popularity, and I think an increasing recognition among Democrats that President Trump uh, will be reelected, that they do not have a candidate capable of uh, bringing him down, and that his accomplishments are significant and compelling to American voters. So if you're sitting here right now in, you know, early fall of 2019, we're closing in on a year away uh, from these elections. What do you do? And unfortunately, Washington, D.C., and I've witnessed this firsthand, has always been a lot about power. Uh, it's now become exclusively about power, meaning when you really drill down on what are the ideas that the Democrats are even fighting for, it's not terribly clear. They for trade sanctions against trade sanctions. Before, you know, this issue, that issue, it's not clear. They're not, there's not really an com- overall compelling uh, message. They'll say anything on any given day if they think it's going to lead to uh, increase in their political popularity. So at this point, they had the Russia thing that they had all of this hope attached to wrongly because their own leadership misled them about the content of it for the most part, and the media validated it. They, you have the Mueller report come out, says so no, no Russian collusion. What does that mean, by the way? That means the entire investigation, $30 million over two years that was committed, was based on a faulty premise, that, you know, a premise that did not exist. It was an investigation based on an allegation that was fundamentally inaccurate. What do you do? And I think now, in gravitating to this Ukraine issue, which is so, in my judgment, at least with facts that have been revealed so far, routine phone call with a foreign head of state, um, in which nothing, as far as I can tell, unethical was done. In fact, one might say that had the president not inquired into the investigations uh, related to, to the to this company called Burisma Holdings, which is a natural energy company, and American political figures like Hunter Biden's involvement with it, he would have been remiss in in um, trying to get to the bottom of these issues, which Democrats have always said that that's what they're about. So it's um, slipping into the twilight zone. Yes, that's what's how, happening. Michael, how can <clears throat> Uh, and I understand, we all know what the media is today. It is a shame, it is, it is an absolute, 
travesty that our media is what it is and the journalism is dead and we know how partisan they are but i mean at some point they have to give at least the pretense of of objectivity how can they allege blackmail on the part of the president trying to dig up dirt against a political opponent which was never mentioned by the way um uh on that phone call with the ukrainian president they can allege blackmail there and yet completely ignore the bragging that that joe biden did um uh, uh, in front of a live audience in front uh, in front of cameras in which he actually admitted to blackmail and saying you have six hours to get that prosecutor who's investigating the government and uh, uh, its uh, uh, ties to Burisma Holdings, you have six hours to get that prosecutor fired or you're not getting the money. And they said, well, you're not the president. And he said, call him. In other words, Barack will have my back. Go ahead and call him. You'll see. you got six hours. And then, you, as he said, I won't use his profanity on the air, but as he said, son of a bee, he said he was fired. He admitted to blackmail. Yeah. How can the media just gloss over that and turn to the Trump call which with which there was of course no quid pro quo whatsoever uh and and say that one is impeachable and the other one is okay i guess the ultimate answer has been a recurring one in all of these inquiries for a long time and that is that the mainstream media has gone from say the 1950s reporting the facts to kind of the late 20th century reporting the facts with a little bit of liberal bias here and there and omitting certain stories, including others and the way things are described, to now being pretty much full-out warriors working in tandem um, with the progressive causes of the country. And they have absolute disdain for this president and want him not just to fail, but to be removed from office in, in shame. And that's been really the obsession of the White House press corps uh, for going on three years now. And you could go on endlessly, I think, about how did that happen? Because I have probably a minority view among conservatives that the time has come for us to start accepting some blame for these things, right? I mean, we're really good at pointing the finger all the time, saying, look what liberals are doing now, look what they're doing here. There's some fundamental questions about this. Like, why have we sat by for decades as some of these key institutions like academia, like the media, um, like politics itself, um, like Hollywood, have been taken over by the left? Where were conservatives when all these things were happening? You know, I think for us to be an effective political alternative in this country, we can't inoculate ourselves from internal criticism. And ultimately, that gets to, which I'm really trying to specifically answer your question, that gets to, I think, just a difference in the way conservatives approach political engagement and the way liberals approach political engagement. I've been involved in conservative politics for over three decades, and it's always about kind of, you know, working to advance certain causes that everyone understands, elect certain candidates that everyone understands. There's not the deep strategic thinking and sometimes the outright maliciousness that you see so prominently with the left. Um, they approach the, they approach these aims in completely different ways. Uh, I mean, if you want people that are going to do anything to win, mm-hmm. you know, progressives are your are your people. I mean, tactically, that's been their history, and they get away with it because they're so surrounded 
by these influence sectors that protect them from criticism. And I think just look through the fundamental facts here of what happened, because you can try to make this immensely complicated. It's not immensely complicated. Um, you have this Ukraine-based natural uh, uh, energy company that is under a criminal investigation in Ukraine, right, uh, for money laundering, for tax evasion, for corruption. And they're in real trouble. They turn around and say, well, what are we going to do about this? And they appoint Hunter Biden, Vice President Biden's son, who has zero expertise and experience in Ukraine, zero expertise in the energy sector, to the board and, and, and compensate him. It's being reported $50,000 a month, but I've seen months that have come in size $166,000 a month, what appears to be about $3 million in total fees. Now, doesn't just the logical starting point of the, of the questioning begin with what did Hunter Biden do for this company for $3 million in total fees? Uh, because I think as Senator Kennedy jokingly remarked uh, from Louisiana, they didn't find his resume on ZipRecruiter. They knew who they were hiring, somebody who had sure. this personal, familial relationship with the vice president. And then, sure enough, as you correctly point out, um, Biden goes over there with a carrot of a billion dollars in loan guarantees and openly states that you fire this prosecutor um, who was looking into Burisma and, and, and Hunter Biden, or you're not getting the billion dollars. And that's not opinion. That's not speculation. That's not secondhand information. Biden gave a speech, I believe it was at the Council on Foreign Relations, that's correct. Um, yeah, in which he said, in which he said it exactly the way you you exactly the way you described it. He said, you know, I'm leaving here in six hours. You fire this prosecutor, you're not getting the billion dollars. And then was pleasantly astonished that they turned around and fired the prosecutor. And guess what? This investigation went never went any further. Now we've been calling on President Trump for three years. We, especially progressives, have been to stop meddling in. U.S. domestic politics. Meddling in domestic politics includes putting people into positions in foreign countries, particularly in that region, known for a lot of corruption, that are designed to uh, make bad problems go away. They're, le they're not just leveraging the Ukraine system. They were, they were leveraging American political personalities and the American political culture to not, for President Trump not to have asked for them to look into it, which is all he asked based on the transcript that's been released, would have, in my judgment, been almost irresponsible. So there's literally, again, here we go, nothing of any mis, certainly not a high crime misdemeanor that would be, that rise to an impeachable. Uh, standard. There's nothing here that, in my judgment, even was wrong, ultimately. And this is, again, a political undertaking. And the final thing I'd point out, it's a very clever political undertaking. 
because like the Russia investigation, the Ukraine, uh, the investigation into Ukraine is a preemptive strike, meaning I think everyone sort of knew that if Biden was, in fact, the nominee, that's sort of been in question, but, you know, obviously he's a favorite to, to be the nominee, one of the favorites. Uh, one of the lines on him would be, look, you've been down there for decades upon decades, and your hands are mired in the swamp culture that we have been running against. In fact, your own sons paid $3 million by this Ukraine uh, energy company to make allegations go away. Um so if you're aware that that if you're aware that that line of political argument was was forthcoming, isn't it one of the most clever things in the world to actually preemptively attack your opponent with the same allegation? You know, in psychology, there's a thing called projectionism. That, that's kind of like accusing other people of what you're doing. That's what I believe what Democrats have done through the Mueller investigation and now in this Ukraine. It's what issue. they've always they, they done. It, it, yeah, forget yeah. about Mueller. Forget about Mueller, Michael. And I'm sure you realize this. This literally goes back a couple of centuries. It literally goes back. I mean, honestly, to the beginning of this country, the Democrats were the party of slavery. The Democrats were the party that was against emancipation. The Democrats were the party that was against the Civil Rights Act. The Democrats are the party that has been the racist party, and they, yet they have spent the last few decades trying to spin that spin that 180 degrees on its head and calling the Republican Party the right. party of racism. It's so they project Pat, their own to- crimes on Republicans. Republicans, they've done it forever. Why would they stop now? It's a very successful tactic because when you look at what then conservatives and Republicans' response has been, it's like, well, hold on. We're really not guilty of those things, which, of course, is true. But what doesn't get done is we never get on the offense and say, you are the party and movement of these things. So right now, for instance... Well, I think the president will continue to try to make this argument that that Biden's family was engaged in uh, corrupt influence peddling in Ukraine. That becomes a much more difficult argument to make than before these false uh, substance-lacking allegations were actually made. Right. Very, very well said. Michael Johns joining us, National Tea Party co-founder and former speechwriter uh, for the president as well. Michael, thanks so much for the great uh, insight and analysis. Obviously, this thing is nowhere near over. We'll stay in touch and continue to analyze the news as it breaks. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. 9.53, a little late to the break. Let's get in and out again right here on AM 1420, The Answer. Now heard through downtown, through Greater Cleveland, on 102.5 FM. It's the Bob France Authority. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.